yeah, there's days where you just you just need to turn your mind off and you need to be doing something and something that is just not going to tax you too much and a little bit of physical exertion and and uh, yeah, and it just for whatever reason it would seem to make everything feel better for a little bit. Swinet. It's time for a new era of communication in the swine industry. One that you can get the latest updates while commuting or driving to farms. Here you will have the brightest minds of the global swine industry in your pocket. Swinet Podcast is only possible with the support of forward-looking and innovative companies like AB Vista, new nutritional perspectives and novel enzyme applications to drive pig production. Zinpro, essential trace minerals, exceptional performance. Every Pig, a simple yet powerful pig health and production management tool. Just all, always one step ahead in swine feeding. Adiseo provides programs and services to help producers achieve their targets in a high quality, safe and sustainable way. Alonco's Prevacent, a new perspective. Visit prevacentpers.us to learn more. NutriQuest, experts serving producers and delivering breakthrough solutions. Genesis, the first power in genetics. Welcome to Swining Podcast. My name is Marcel Gonçalves, your host for today's episode. This episode's sponsor highlight is about AB Vista, an animal nutrition technology company offering innovative products and new applications for the swine industry. The combination of AB Vista enzymes, technical services, and nutrition expertise provides the industry with new opportunities to further improve production efficiencies. Fiber is receiving renewed interest due to its influence on the microbiome, and AB Vista has brought together research experts to discuss the industry's knowledge of fiber functionality and to introduce a stimbiotic targeted to improve fiber digestion. To request access, contact nam at abvista.com. So let's get rolling. Um, thanks again for, for being part of the podcast today, uh, Darrow and Christy. Um, you know, I know both of you don't know each other, so it would be great for you to introduce yourself, but also, of course, for the audience. Um, Christy, if you want to start. Yeah, sure. So I am um, Christy Rolls, a good friend of Marcius. Uh, he and my husband, Nick, are good friends, and um, it's been fun to get to know him and the work of this industry that is all brand new to me. So I am trained as a mental health therapist and now work primarily as a coach with a tool called, it's a personality typing tool called the Enneagram. So I mostly do coaching now. I have some online courses and whatnot, but mental health is my life and my love. So I'm excited to be here. Awesome. And Darrow, and you can also probably Darrow share with the audience how, how did this conversation started too? Sure. Well, I'm uh, Daryl Posberg from uh, uh, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada, and uh, my family is uh, in the uh, isoween business, and we produce, uh, we've got about 18,000 sows right now. Um, we sell to, uh, sell to the U.S., sell into Ontario. I've got a breeding stock farm. Uh, that's, on the, that's on the pig front. Uh, on the personal front, I've got uh, a wife and seven beautiful kids. <laughs> Seven. And uh, or beautiful wife and seven great kids. Maybe I should say that. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, and I guess how we got to talking about this, the the whole mental health thing is, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess I've uh, been uh, reflecting upon the past few months and and uh, 
you know, I've been looking at some of the resources and some of the conference material that I've been going through and, and, uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of great stuff out there and all sorts of aspects of pig production. You know, there's some great stuff on nutrition. There's great stuff on, you know, there's great genetic stuff. There's great stuff on welfare and all these different aspects of it. And then, uh, you know, we go through the last year that we've been through and, you know, it's been a hard year for people. It's been a hard year, um, mentally. And, uh, you know, and, and I reached out to you, Marcio, because I thought, man, I think this is something that in this industry, I don't think we talk about a lot. And it's something that, uh, once you start talking about, it sounds like it's on a whole lot of people's minds. So, um, I thought, what a, this is probably as you know as good an avenue as any to start getting the word out about some things and and uh, just at least start the conversation. Absolutely, no, I love it. Yeah, so I think I already, I, you know, Christy is not from our industry, so I share with uh, us with her what happened in the last twelve months when well less than twelve months when it came to um, COVID and and the business side of things, but also the packing plant side of things and uh, needing to, you know, some producers had to euthanize some pigs and so that stuff, but also the business side, right? Um, so, yeah, I don't know where you guys want to start. Any insights there, Darrow or, or Christy? Well, I, I guess to put a, a bit more, uh, a bit more into it, uh, you know, on the pork side, I mean, you know, you, you start with, um, you know, not knowing what's going to happen with uh, coronavirus and, and uh, the market tanked so fast. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and there was people having sleepless nights about the uh, economics of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was, you know, sort of the second round was, is, well, the economics are bad, but um, am I even going to be able to sell my animals? Mm-hmm. And and then you had uh you know, you had people having to make some tough, tough, tough choices and some tough, you know, planning to do things. And, you know, you know, we're in the livestock industry here and we, we get up every day to, to produce food for people, mm-hmm. you know, not to, you know, not to euthanize healthy animals if there's not a home for them. And, and you know, and, and there's a lot of people that had to go through that thing and, and you know you're you're getting through some of that stuff and in and in the background here you've got this pandemic where you know the people that you have been talking to it's it's getting harder and harder to to sit down and to talk with other producers face to face and so it's yeah i mean this is this has been a tough tough run um for a lot of people in this business and, um, you know, and I, and I know myself, I mean, there's been, there's been nights where it's 3am, your eyes are open and it's like, mm. there's a lot going on. Yeah. I, th- I think one of the hardest parts about this whole season for lots of people among industries, even before you had to make those hard decisions financially or regarding the pigs is the, the fear that comes with being out of control. and with a pandemic coming that was for whatever reason (laughs) came out into our country or out into the world, the way that it did, it has forced us all into survival mode 
versus strategic productive productive mode, which is where business people live. Like that's the goal of running a successful business is being thoughtful, being strategic, getting to plan ahead, knowing what outcomes are going to happen. And this really threw us all for a loop where the predictability that we used to have is no longer available. And so rather than in thriving mode, we're in more of that survival mode or more of that response mode. Um, And then you kind of mentioned it too, not just with that part of feeling out of control and feeling maybe more of anxiety rise up or the panic or the fear rise up, but also then the loneliness too, because usually in hard seasons, like Nobody being with us can take our feelings away, but there's a sense of camaraderie when I'm feeling scared and you're also feeling scared, or I'm feeling upset and you're also feeling upset. But part of the hardship of the pandemic is we can't be together like we normally are. And even when we are, we have masks or whatever it is that just Mm -hmm. create the sense of separation. And then we don't feel like it's a constant reminder that things aren't normal and that I'm not okay and I can't even be not okay with you. So it has really emotionally been a lot. And then not to mention, obviously, then responding to the pigs and, and caring for them and I have a good friend who's a farmer in Indiana and he works primarily with soybeans and corn, but he will say the same thing. He doesn't feel like he farms just a farm. He farms to feed the world. And that feels really like a sacred responsibility to him. And so to feel like that is at risk or taken away. And also now this painful, like heartbreaking decision of inflicting pain on animals that you love and that are your livelihood and that are healthy that the grief that comes with that is just really astronomical. Yeah, that's huge. Any any insights there, Christy, on, on your experience? Like, what are tools and or mental thought processes that can help through some of these situations? Yeah, so... I'll just preface with saying my answers are going to be really therapisty, right? <laughs> so, but that's why you brought me on. So I'm going to tell them to you that way because um, a lot of things that we are brought up being trained to do have failed us in this time. Things like pull yourself up by your bootstraps or don't feel your feelings, just push forward. Like that's not been an option right now, especially because it's been such an elongated season. Like when we have a really hard week, it's a hard week. You can talk yourself through it and move on, but this has been months and months and we know we'll still be months and months. And so there's a, like a tightness or a suffocation that we have to, we can't run away from the emotional experience that we're having. So I want to say first, um, kind of a really basic um, introduction into grief because this whole process is really about grief. It's grieving what you thought was going to happen. It's uh, grieving what is going to happen to the animals. It's grieving your own financial well-being, a lot of dreams or vacations even. You know, personally, there's a lot of grief associated with this whole process. And so a lot of times when we talk about grief, there's like five different stages that we identify. And so you can feel really angry you can bargain, which sometimes has a lot of guilt. Or if you have a higher being in your life, really feeling like, why did God do this? And if only this, or like some of that, what ifs, you can be in a place of denial. You can be in a place of um, acceptance or depression and, and really succumbing to that. So all five of those are really common emotions in this process. And so the biggest tip that isn't it's practical, but it's not going to necessarily make you feel better immediately is feeling honestly what you're feeling. 
And I will just say, I tend to be like a let's go, let's go, let's move along faster, feel better kind of person. And I remember when I was in my own counseling work, I said to my therapist, we were talking about, I don't even know what, it was very early on. And I said, okay, now that I know that I'm, you know, feeling some sort of way, what do I do about it? And she just kindly, kindly looked at me and said, I think we're just going to have to sit here for a little while, (laughs) which Mm. at the time I hated. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in reality, there's, there's a gift to that because it goes against everything we've been taught. It's, it's about honoring um, what's honest in ourselves and not avoiding it, not reframing it with a positive, just to make ourselves feel better. Um, Of course, there's things that we can do really practically and tangibly things that, Um, what we might call uh, coping strategies or self-support strategies, things like going for a walk with somebody that is maybe quarantining with you, a a spouse or a kid or a neighbor that you are quarantining with, you know, it could be painting, it could be um, cleaning, it could be gardening around your house, like it could be anything that you know that you love that brings you to the present moment. Because a lot of times, all of our emotions, particularly the emotion of anxiety, which is incredibly heightened right now in this season, is all about the past, what did happen, or the future, what could potentially happen. And we can't control either of those. So really, our, our power or our peace is in the present moment. So when I'm outside and I'm gardening and I feel the dirt between my hands and I'm putting the plant in, right in that moment, I'm okay the world is okay. I'm okay. I'm at peace. All of my needs are met. And there's a, there's a peacefulness there that gets lost when we're panicked about all of the other things that we can't control. But right now in this moment, I can control this. So whether it's, you know, you guys can totally apply it maybe more to your industry or the people maybe based on their hobbies or things that, that y'all love, but whatever that thing is that brings you a, a sense of peace, that is a practical thing that needs to be scheduled in consistently because sometimes we wait till we're like crying or really angry or really anxious to respond to ourselves. And that's a less helpful way to take care of ourselves. It's more helpful to say every Monday I'm going for a run every Tuesday at three to 4 PM. I'm playing with my kid, you know, whatever the thing is that makes you feel good and at peace that needs to be scheduled in just like you'd schedule in a a meeting at the office. I love it. Yeah. I mean, for me, uh, I know for me, for example, when I'm, when I'm not feeling great, I go for a run and, and, you know, people talk about that, that uh, your emotions, it, you know, it's, it's physiological. So, I mean, it's almost like, uh, it's, it's hard to be, um, if you go for a run, uh, you know, if you're doing something positive, it's hard to think about the negative. So it's, it's almost, uh, that's, that's been very helpful. Any insights there, there, or, or anything that, that made sense, um, from your side? Well, I mean, uh, it's been a while since I've uh, been been working every day at uh, on farms, uh, but I do know that uh, you know uh, there was a lot of times that uh, spending eight hours behind a pressure washer wand was strangely therapeutic, yeah. uh, and that makes a lot of sense uh, because yeah, there's days where you just you just need to turn your mind off and you need to be doing something and something that is just not going to tax you too much and a little bit of physical physical exertion and and uh, yeah and it just for whatever reason it would seem to make everything feel better for a little bit. Totally. Well, even what you said, Marcio, about our bodies holding things like what we know just even when we talk about neuroscience, when we talk about physiology, that our emotions are 
they are manifested in our bodies. That's why we get butterflies when we're nervous or we get headaches when we're stressed. All of our emotions do come out in some sort of way. And so, you know, even when I suggest like feel them, talk about them, I know it sounds very therapy, but it's, it's a way that you can externalize them in a more productive way. Because I always have told clients, if it's not coming out of your mouth, it's going to come out in some other way of your body, whether it's tight shoulders or stomach aches or inability to sleep. You know, and when you said, Daryl, you're laying at night with your eyes wide open at 3 a.m., I mean, your body has to exert some of that emotional energy in some ways. And so that's why sometimes, especially if it's some hard labor, like I know I, when I'm feeling intense or when I need to be reminded that I do have power sometimes in a world that has felt really powerless or when I felt really helpless in the, in the pandemic, um, biking has been huge for me because it's strength-based and I can go faster. And I just kind of remind myself that, um, not only am I letting my body exert some energy and distracting my mind for a little while, but uh, it it has a real strong mental effect too that I, I can feel good and I, I do have power to make a difference in the way that I'm feeling today. Even if it is today is a certain day and tomorrow's another day, I know that a lot of what I'm hearing from people right now uh, across lots of industries too is just the waves of I'm feeling overwhelmed, like everything feels hard. I just had a client today say to me, you know, some days I'm waking up feeling energetic and I can crush things and knock tasks out. It's easy as pie. And then tomorrow, the most basic tasks feel like they weigh a million pounds. And so just knowing that that's really normal right now, hopefully can normalize some of that and, and help it help people feel a little bit less crazy in their experience. Yeah. One, one thing that for me has been huge for the last several years is, um, is uh, not watching much of the news, you know. It, there's something called the information diet. So you just do a diet information, right? You try to, you know, there's so much, you know, yeah, if you're watching news every night, man, I don't know, that's the first terrible thing, I think. My, my take is, uh, what I do is, if it's something important enough, I'm, someone's gonna, I'm gonna know that somewhere, somehow, you know. Um, but that's just me. And the other one is the social media dilemma. If mm-hmm. folks haven't watched that on Netflix, uh, you know, the, the one practical thing is turn off your uh, social media notifications. Please do. That's, I mean, that's huge. Darrow, any, anything else on the topic? Yeah, I, I mean, I would, I would agree with the, uh, you know, some of the comments about the, the physical exertion and as well just on uh, the communication piece. And I know uh, there is a counselor that, uh, that I've seen and, and one of the habits that she's got me into is, uh, was uh, starting my day with, uh, with a gratefulness journal. And, uh, and that's three, I got to do, I got to put down three things that I'm grateful for and yeah. before I do anything else. And that, that changes things because I know, uh, you know, my, my wife has uh, commented to me that, uh, you know, there'd be mornings where, you know, my iPhone's beside my bed and, and uh, she said, you know, like you, you feel like it seems like you're beaten before you even get out of bed because you're, <laughs> so you're, you're checking your email and there's three, four things that are going on that you know you got to deal with that aren't going to be easy. And, 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 uh, and then you're just, that's your day. <laughs> you're exhausted <laughs> you know, before so, you even roll out of bed. <laughs> yeah. So that was important for me. And, and, uh, I guess, yeah, some of the, some of the health things as well, um, you know, I've been a, I've been a coffee drink way too much caffeine. Uh, 
you know, getting rid of that is uh, certainly certainly helped uh, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot less uh, punctuation marks on some of my comments, which is uh, <laughs> can sometimes cause other problems. I hear you. Um, so so that's that's been good, and I guess trying to trying to uh, get in a more regular fitness routine and just having some exertion every day, it's, it, it helps a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point too, with specifically when you said the word routine, it was, I was thinking about that. Um, whether it's waking up in the morning, whether it's a gratitude journal or I sit outside peacefully by myself, or I, I don't look at my phone before, you know, 8am or whatever that needs to be. But it's really hard when we're in a time of stress to make wise decisions for ourselves. So sometimes what I will walk through with clients is let's step back objectively from our, from your own experience. And if you were planning a day for your friend who had, who kind of woke up like you had the emotional kind of energy as you, how would you guide them to structure their day in a way that is supportive to them? So it would be easy for me to look at and say, well, obviously you don't look at your phone until you're ready to work. You obviously don't look at your email until you're an hour in and you've already had your hour of creative thinking or, you know, whatever that looks like for every person or you obviously don't sit down and watch three hours of news at night. Um, You obviously don't sacrifice your workout routine because, you know, it's more convenient to do something else or whatever that thing is. And so I'm a big fan of being really strategic prior to and doing a lot of pre-planning because on a day that's already hard, your ability to make a wise decision for yourself is way lessened. Um, And so being able to be more proactive about what do I need to feel good tomorrow and I'm going to make those decisions now is really powerful. So I have um, a couple years ago, I needed to go through this health process of figuring out what foods were impacting my body in a bad way. And I realized that I had to cut a few things out. So I'm now gluten and dairy free. <laughs> but one of the things that I learned in that process was uh, the leader of the, the process that I did. It was called Whole30. Um, she said, be mindful to not eat things that are going to double punish you. So for example, um, my mom loves sugar, but sugar gives her, it stimulates her heart palpitations more. So there's a tendency when we're stressed out to have comfort foods, like for me, gluten, bread, I love a good piece of bread Mm -hmm. for my mom, sugar. And those things feel good in the moment, but they are going to uh, double punish me in a way in the sense of what my mood's going to be like later for my mom. It's her heart palpitations. For me, it's my ability to think clearly and feel energetic the next day. So anyway, you know, that idea of being thoughtful and saying, this is what I am going to do. This is what I'm not going to do uh, based on what I know is best for me and is going to set me up for success tomorrow and the next day. I love it. That routine, yeah. the planning of the routine is a really practical way that people can take more control over their time and, and what feels good. Yes. Um, are you familiar, Daryl, or maybe you, Christy? He's from Canada. It's a clinical psychologist. His name is Jordan Peterson. I think I've heard of him, yeah. He's so, somewhat of a polemic folk uh, there. I think, is it like Guelph or I forgot which university he's out of? But Toronto is Rotman. Toronto, yeah. Uh, yeah. Probably the most famous psychologist clinical psychologist on YouTube and, and, and he talks exactly what he said when it comes to set up, have a routine, but it doesn't have to be a terrible routine. Meaning like, when you think about routine and schedule, you think like, ah, oh, that's terrible. Well, set something up that you like. Yes. There, you know, and, and, or like you said, set something up 
it was for someone that you cared about, right? So that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and the other one uh, there you mentioned about uh, gratitude and, and just want to emphasize that one. And I never dig the literature on that one, but I do believe there's some science behind it. And uh, Christy can probably chime in on that. And I've done too. And just, I need to, I need to get on the routine on that one. I had uh, phases of consistent every day, but that's, that's, I like that a lot. Yeah. It really is about to some degree, what you look for is what you see. And so if you are specifically, when we talk about uh, gratitude for Daryl, if he knows I'm going to have to write a list of things I'm grateful for tomorrow morning, then now his eyes are focused on today. What good things are happening today? Because I'm going to have to write about them tomorrow. And so it kind of just peaks your eyes and recenters your mind on the blessings, the things that feel good, the things that are hopeful and positive. Very good. One thing that I wanted to get, um, you guys is thoughts and, and I know Christy has a business, but, but also there, there, there being a, a producer. Um, cause I know we talked a lot of, so far about potential solutions and, and ways to, to go through it. But the, the question is about thinking about the financial burden that happened and also the, the packing plan, right? So the, the financial burden there, there are any, from your experience with business, uh, what would be your insights, right? Uh, from what, hey, this is what you sh- I, you are doing in order to avoid um, avoid the, the problem or bankruptcy next time around. Because again, life is uh, life as a whole is is uh, unstable. It, that's the way it is. Things are like that. That's going to be another one. You can even argue that this one was not even that hard, honestly. It, when you look at overall that percentage in the global population was, was probably just a trial run, if you want to call it that, honestly, not being pessimistic here, but from a business standpoint, any sites there, there are, and also from a packing plan standpoint, anything that you've seen that folks have done to fix it in order to not have that problem again? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess from a producer standpoint, I mean, I have, uh, I was, uh, um, I, I guess, doubly blessed um, because, I was in an organization that went through, um, well, in the U.S., it was Chapter 15 bankruptcy, and, and in Canada, it was the CCAA Act, which is a court-ordered restructuring. Uh, so that was one blessing. So I got some experience as to what that's like. And the second blessing was is that it was not with my money. So, mm-hmm. um, so that was that was good because I was able to learn a lot of other. I was able to learn a lot um, about uh, you know about approaches and and. Uh, and what are things that uh, that are required in order to stay out of that position going forward? And and um, yeah, I mean, I think actually you've done a, a podcast uh, very recently um, with Brad Frecking on uh, you know what's a you know wh- how much should you have available for you in case bad stuff happens? What's your bad stuff fund le- need to look like? And and his his numbers actually track, you know, he like he talked about on a ferro to finish basis. I'm on a ferro to isoween basis, and you know, if you look at 26 to 28 percent of the cost of, of raising an animal being uh, being the front end, you know, having a you know a two year uh, you know two year amounts uh, corresponding to that hundred dollar a market hog basis, mm-hmm. I, I think that's not a bad strategy to to, to have going in. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, on the, on the financial, 
on the financial side, it's yeah. I mean, you got to have uh, you got to have a real plan, and that plan starts with access to cash. It actually starts even before that with uh, with having the right people involved in your business, um, because if you have uh, owners that are uh, if you have owners that are you know constantly wanting to strip out all the all the cash in the business, then you're, you're setting yourself up for like you're not even going to get a proper capital plan because you're not going to have alignment to begin with. And, um, you know, thankfully, I think sort of the, the people that are still in business right now, a lot of them are, they, they understand that message. And so, you know, from a, from a financial perspective, you know, I think that there's a, a lot more producers that are in better shape or have been in better shape going into this thing. Um, and processors, I mean, processors, uh, a lot of these companies are very big companies. A lot of them are very well funded and have uh, the right people in the ownership seats. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of them are in, in, in pretty good shape going into this thing. And when you talk about having the, you know, not taking all the money out of the business, do you have a good rule of thumb for that? Well, I mean, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, companies, how they have them structured is 25% of taxable net income, mm-hmm. which, you know, that's, that's a common one that's out there. And so, I mean, if you've had, like rolling forward losses. If you have one year where you're making money, you're still not taxable. So, you know, that money rolls forward. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of what, kind of what I do is uh, I look at, uh, you know, I, I look at uh, the USDA rolling average on, uh, on formula prices. And I, and I put my own, what I think my cost of production is in there. And, um, and then I, I just go and say, okay, well, if I was on the biggest losing run for the last five years, um, this is how much I would need to have in the bank. And oh, by the way, if I got PED or PERS mm-hmm. uh, in the middle of it, then then what does that number look like? Mm-hmm. And that's and so that's kind of how I position, you know, our own, you know, worst case scenario planning. Very good. Any insights on the packing plan side? Have you seen any change um, when it comes to that supply chain um, reliability? Yeah, I mean, I, we've been very fortunate up here in, in uh, Canada and that, uh, you know, A, the, you know, for the most part, the, uh, the coronavirus issues were, you know, although they have been intense in certain regions, uh, you know, certainly in Western Canada, um, there has not been nearly the amount of uh, coronavirus uh, issues uh, in Canada as what there was in, in, in the Midwest plants. So, you know, just by not having that mm-hmm. that constraint uh, there, um, that's been positive. And you know what, the uh, Canadian processors, and you got to give them a you know a real uh, uh, you know you got to give them some uh, some praise because they they've really been very well prepared for these things. And uh, you know they were prepared from you know doing things like uh their their own processor owned uh hogs they were marketing lighter in case something bad had to happen and and there was uh you know there's been some informal collaboration among some of the processors to say okay well if i go down can you help out here and take some of this mm-hmm. and and um so yeah i mean our guys uh our guys have handled it uh, they've handled it really well they've been they've been transparent they've uh they've shared best practices with each other um no, it's it's been they've they've done a really nice job on this one. Nice. Do you think we're out of the hole? Um, well, I mean the the German ASF thing kind of mm. helps. 
uh, the North American situation. Um, I mean, it's terrible for the for the for the German industry, yeah. but I mean, I think we were in recovery. Um, you know, I mean, I've heard all sorts of estimates as to how many pigs are actually out there and and how many are still, you know, slowdowns that haven't come. I just I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, I think we were starting to come out of this thing. Uh, you know, with uh, you know, once the once the packing plants got fired up, and yeah, just with uh, with the strengths of the export thing here, it's uh, that's kind of been the lift that uh, that that the industry is is needed uh, to at least get uh, get some of the farmers back in black, and and uh, you know, and certainly on the U.S. side, I mean, there's been some government support to some of the smaller producers, which. Uh, which is helpful, right? I mean, uh, they've got support uh, there that uh, that didn't, you know, that didn't happen uh, up here in in uh, in Canada. But um, but certainly it's uh, it's you know that combined with uh, with a bit of certainly up the cash prices coming back. Um, yeah, it's been it's been good. It'd be it'd be better if the futures market bought into it and there was more pricing opportunities for people to lock up some profits. But you know. I don't think 2021 is going to be a, a, a fantastic year, but I think it's going to be a year where people are going to make money. Anything else, uh, guys, uh, before we're on the, the topic, before we start quickly here with the three questions that I ask every guest, anything else on this topic, Christy, of mental health overall, any departure thoughts there? I mean, I'm, there's always a part of me that, that wants to add in the caveat that our world has has made a lot of progress in terms of normalizing mental health treatment or care or attention. Uh, sometimes we just still have a lot of work to do <laughs> with that. So I guess my last note is just if anybody is listening who is struggling, uh, give yourself the gift of letting somebody help you heal. You would not withhold yourself from going to the doctor if you had a broken leg or if you had consistent stomach aches for weeks. And so if you are struggling, if you're having a lot of just repeated thoughts or inability to sleep, or uh, you just feel really sad and hopeless or helpless or feeling darker thoughts, you know, whatever is going on, you're normal and it's okay. And there's hope and allow yourself to let somebody love you and help you through that. Uh, So reach out to somebody local. My recommendation always, if you are, interested is ask people in your circle if you're comfortable with that. Hey, who have you seen? Like if you have a friend or a family member who you know has seen a therapist or a counselor of some sort, ask them like, who do you know in the area? Or if you're not comfortable seeing them, who ask them to ask their therapist. So just start with some personal references. And then you, I mean, Google, thank God for Google. So just hop on there and look for people in your area too, but don't struggle by yourself we're not we're meant for connection as human beings and so just want to encourage you to be tender to yourself in this time and know that you're normal and reach out if somebody can help very good and uh, what's your instagram so so folks can find you there yeah so i am at full and free enneagram it's the i'll spell that last word so full uh, the idea is becoming your full and your free self in the world so that last part confusing word is spelled e n n E-A-G-R-A-M. And that is the personality tool that I work with a lot with clients now. So full and free Enneagram. We'd love to get to know y'all there. Perfect. And there are any, any parting thoughts as well as any questions that we didn't cover that you'd like Christy to, to touch to, to wrap up on this topic? 
Yeah, no, I mean, I think your wrap up was great there, Christy. I, I think, uh, and the one thing that you mentioned that was, uh, uh, that kind of struck, struck home for me is, uh, you know, the, you know, making the analogy to someone with a broken leg or a broken arm, because it's not only what you feel uh, and what gives you the signals to go and get help, but it's how other people perceive you. And that's part of the problem as well, too, because you see someone with a cast on their arm or a cast on their leg and everybody knows, right? It's like, okay, this is uh, this is a problem. This person has got pain. This person is in a recovery and, and they're still you know, sadly, there isn't, it doesn't work that way with mental health. And I don't, I don't know what the solution is to that, but uh, that is uh, certainly something that uh, I, I, you know, I wish there was, uh, there was a, a better path forward for. Slow and steady. <laughs> I think that it is as, as the more people do it. And even this conversation, I feel when Marcio told me that y'all wanted to have this conversation, I just, it warmed my heart because mental health is now something that we can't run from, especially this year, whereas a lot of times in the past, people have been able to overlook it or avoid it. But right now in our world, we're calling this a collective trauma globally. And so we're all in it together. And so part of it is saying, I'm struggling and then letting somebody around you say, thank you, me too you know, and then and we start to normalize it. And so it is just a slow and steady process of doing that. Um, so over time, hopefully it'll become more and more normal, but I think even conversations like this help move the needle. So thanks for even sharing that you're working with somebody, Daryl, and that she's encouraged, he or she has encouraged you to do a gratitude journal and that takes bravery and courage. And I'm, yeah, I'm thankful. I love it. It is time to our famous three. Since 1971, Zinpro Corporation has focused on one thing, trace mineral nutrition. As the most research-proven organic feed trace mineral products in the industry, Zinpro Performance Minerals deliver performance and profitability to swine operations around the globe. To know more, go to zinpro.com. For knowledge and news from the global swine industry, access our partner, thepigsite.com. Awesome. So let's see the, the, your pig related book, uh, Daryl, that, that you prefer the most. Right now, um, honestly, it's, uh, it's the sound and guilt manual from PIC. Uh, they, they update the thing on a fairly regular basis. And yeah, I mean, I find myself flipping through that thing quite often. Very good. And Christy, I'm sure you don't have a pig related book. <laughs> But uh, we are, the second question is, um, Christy, if you, you're just, in general, what's been the best book you ever read? Oh, my goodness. Wow. Well, uh, one of the, the books that probably changed my life the most was written by Dr. Brene Brown. She mm -hmm. is a researcher in shame, uh, which sounds really depressing, but her work is really powerful in terms of emotional healing and also vulnerability. And so she wrote... Her most popular book is called Daring Greatly, and it's phenomenal. So that one, she one of her earlier books is called The Gifts of Imperfection. Both of them are phenomenal. So I would I would say those. I love it. I haven't read the books um, yet, but uh, her TED Talk is great. Yeah, yeah. super cool. And then um, Daryl, how about you? Um, probably the most uh, challenging book that I've read is uh, the book called The Imitation of Christ. 
Thomas Akempis. Uh, I think that was written in 14 something. Uh, but it's still, you, you pick it up, you read it. It's, uh, it's a devotional that, uh, is very challenging every day. Um, and I just recently, yeah, I came upon, uh, Man's Search for Meaning, mm-hmm. uh, Victor Frankel. And that's, that's also, uh, it's a, it's a very, very good, very challenging, um, read. It's, it's, it's easily accessible, but, uh, there's a lot of very powerful insight in that one. Yeah. That was a tough uh, process there on that book. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. And then lastly, Christy, what, in your opinion, what sets apart successful professionals uh, from those that are not? Mm. Self-awareness. I believe that particularly our success relies on our ability to understand our own strengths and weaknesses, even more so if we lead a team of people. And so I'm, yeah, I think that Miles Adcox, who's the leader of a amazing program down in Tennessee, says self-awareness is our superpower. And I think that's even more so true in business and success. I love it. Do you know there if most farms, um, every employee would get um, any type of personality assessment like DISC or other? Um it would depend on the organization. I know we've done uh, we've gone done Colby testing with our managers. Um, uh-huh. If you're familiar with uh, with how that matrix works, but that's not quite self awareness stuff. But we have everyone go through it, and and uh, I guess it is self awareness on one level, but it's also within the group is okay. Where do we where do we go, and uh, what comes natural to us, and where do we tend to go with information? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, we've we've been doing a lot of the sixteen personalities, which I think is the Myers Briggs and uh, and Disc as well in our team, uh, and it's helpful because you super understand. I mean, when I started to to date my wife, I made her do a personality test. We were oh dating. my goodness! Oh, we were da- okay. <laughs> I'll give you, I'll give you that back. We were dating for six months. They're like, ah, oh, this is cool. I can do it. But it's so crazy because you um, sometimes it's easier, and the more you learn about it, you kind of you, you get a better feel for which type of personality personalities people are. But for me, if, in the case of her, I was like, "Wow, you know, I'm I'm very I'm 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 very much more task oriented, not as much people oriented. She's the opposite, and that was super interesting to to learn, you know. So cool." Daryl, any final insights on what do you think sets apart successful swine professionals from those that are not? Yeah, I, I think the ability to listen is super important because, you know, when you get to the point where you are uh, either a consultant or a business owner or whatever, um, someone who's uh, selling something, a big part of it is, is understanding where your clients are or, or where your stakeholders are at. And you know, if, uh, if you're able to truly listen and truly understand what, what people's objectives are, it, it, it really, it really helps. Um, it really helps to, to understand where, where they can be a fit and where they can either help you or not help you get to where you need to be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as, uh, Dr. David Bishop once told me a long time ago, he said, uh, the value of any ideas is in the quality of its implementation. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, being able to listen and have humility is, uh, is, is very important in that. 
And and some of the most successful people that I know in, in this business are people that, that really embody that, uh, you know, that ability to take information in and, and, uh, and, and really, really be patient listeners. I love That's good. It. Yeah. Also, my friends, I uh, appreciate it. Uh, it's been great. And uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Sounds Thank good. you. Thanks. Nice to meet you, Daryl. Nice to meet you. Thank you, guys. Imagine if with a few key concepts, you could have the potential to create a massive positive impact by bringing from hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars for swine producers. Join this small group and go to the next level of swine nutrition on this seven-week-long elite online training in applied swine nutrition and feeding. It's conducted by myself, Dr. Marcio Gonçalves, and my world-class invited speakers. Additionally, you enjoy an exclusive community to exchange ideas. Go now to www.eliteswinenutritionist.com.